0: So in today's episode, I'm going to be talking to Andrea Piccini. He's a presentation coach and head of Ideas on Stage UK. And he specializes in working with business owners, leaders, and their teams who want to become more confident presenters. And if you're anything like me, who may struggle a little bit with anxiety when it comes to, I don't know, public speaking, presenting, speaking up in meetings, maybe then a little bit more confidence when it comes to that is going to be a good thing. So in this episode, I take Andrea back to my own public speaking challenges and he is spot on with his advice and his insights. He also takes us through his five step score methodology to become a confident presenter. And this is going to be in his book next year. So um, you get a sneak preview at that content too. And he also accepts my tongue twister challenge at the end. So do stay on and listen to the whole episode because um, I have to say it is quite funny at times. Enjoy. I can't wait for you to hear what he has to say. So let's dig in. So welcome to the show, Andrea. It's great to have you here today.
1: Thank you very much, Hannah. Looking forward to this conversation.
0: Perfect. So before I sort of ask you to introduce yourself, I just want to provide people with a context as to um, how you've ended up on the show, because you're the very first man on the show. Okay. Really? Um, yes, yes. So I want to give people a flavor as to um, how we know each other. So for the last, um, I guess it's six months, we've been in the same uh, business development program. And I have really enjoyed Andrea's insights when it's come to speaking um presenting and generally being really articulate, I would say, with the way in which you respond to people. And for me, knowing that you are somebody who is really good at doing it for yourself, but also teaching other people and guiding and supporting them to be really excellent public speakers, I would say, um, reminded me of how much I've struggled with that in the past and how much many of my clients also struggle to speak confidently so I am really thrilled to be able to have you on the show and question you so much so um could you introduce yourselves to everybody please
1: sure thank you very much hannah my name is andrea pacini i'm a presentation coach as you said i'm the head of a company called ideas on stage uk and And that's it. What we do at Ideas on Stage, we work with business professionals, business leaders who want to become more confident presenters. So all things around presentation skills, public speaking, communication. We've worked with more than 500 TEDx speakers so far, although even if we have worked with many TEDx speakers, um, our main focus is on helping business professionals on business presentations.
0: I love it. Thank you. So my question for you then is, how does one come to do that in their life? So tell me a little bit about how you got to this point um, in your journey.
1: Yeah, the the reason why I'm so passionate about public speaking and why I ended up doing what I'm doing is because when I was a little kid growing up in Italy, I grew up in a family of very small business owners. My parents have always been running their own very small business together. They still do. And so as a kid, I saw the challenges because raising four kids while trying to run a business is not easy. And by the way, I've got a newborn in the family now, so I can see for myself now. So, But I also saw in them the spark, the entrepreneurial mindset, the proactive approach to life. And so that's why I always wanted to be an entrepreneur, to run my own thing. Now, in reality, Hannah, that remained a dream for a long time, because before doing what I'm doing now, I tried many things, started many projects, all of them failed, But it was useful because in that process, what I realized was that there are so many great ideas that fail not because of the ideas themselves. Often the ideas are great. It's just because of the way they are presented. And so that's why I became a presentation coach. That's why my mission is to help, is to prevent great ideas from failing simply because of the way they are communicated. My mission is to help Again, business professionals, business leaders share their message so they can increase their influence and reputation, confidence levels, career progression, whatever their objective is.
0: I love that. And um, congratulations on having a newborn. How old are they?
1: One month.
0: Oh, it's brand new. Brand new.
1: (laughs) Brand new. Yeah. And it's a lot of work.
0: It's a beauty. I always think of it as such a special time in life, though, having a newborn. Yes, I know all of the pitfalls and all of the crazy lack of sleep, um, but it is also a super special time and also a time of great creativity in life as well. It sparks new thoughts, new ideas, new, I guess, reshaping of value systems as well. But I want to pick up on a couple of things that you said already about your journey so far. So you talked about entrepreneurship for you being always like the dream because you saw how it worked in your family system. And you felt like it was a really proactive approach to life to be able to use entrepreneurship to solve meaningful problems. But you also talked about starting lots of things and failing things. And one of the big things for me is I'm in the business of normalizing failure. and not just having people all the time sort of showcase their showreel of highlights and for other people to feel inferior to that when the vast majority of things that we do do not work <laughs> so is it okay if you tell us around one of the things that did fail can you talk about what happened and what you actually learned from that
1: yeah i can i can tell you even more than one thing because it wasn't just one thing now i remember many many years ago i started a blog and and my idea was to turn that blog into a business which eventually if i think about it going back it happened because it was a blog around my passion for public speaking presentation skills but at the time, I'm talking about more than like maybe 15 years ago, I think, I don't know if maybe two people read any of my articles. So every week I would publish a new article. I thought it was great. But again, maybe my wife, a couple of friends read the articles and, and nothing else. And so that was one thing. And then what I also tried and do, I started a, a newsletter. Again, a newsletter on the same subject And my thought was, okay, if I, rather than me writing content, I can curate content. So I can look for great content on public speaking. I can put it together in a weekly newsletter, and then I can send it out. I get to thousands and thousands of subscribers, and then I can monetize it. That was the idea. And again, I got to maybe 95 subscribers in a few years, so failed again. Uh, and then, what I also tried and do to at the very beginning of my entrepreneurial journey, I my strategy, and it was the only thing I was doing, I would post one video per day, which was a massive commitment. And I thought that there would that that only that one activity would help me start and grow my business and And that didn't happen. And so you see blog, newsletter, videos, and and in all of these projects, there was a common thread. And the common thread was that it wasn't, again, it wasn't the idea itself that was bad because there are successful blogs, there are very successful newsletters, there are very successful content creators. But I think the way... I was getting my message across. And and again, we are talking about years and years ago, wasn't as effective as it is perhaps today. And and so that's why we go back to the principle that you can have the greatest idea in the world, but if you can't communicate it, it doesn't matter.
0: Oh, thank you for sharing those. I'm also feeling some of those failures myself. I remember committing to doing uh three times a week showing up to do lives it wasn't every day but it was three times a week and I did it for quite some time and I was like oh oh I feel like I need a break now (laughs) but the thing I took from that really was that your passion for the topic itself um never wavered that was always infiltrating all those different like methodologies of getting your message out there And actually in and of itself was the message about how you need to be really clear about what it is that you're saying to be able to shape the ideas and have people really resonate with the ideas that you have. So would it be okay if I tell you how I really struggled with my own public speaking? And then you can tell me um, if you were working with me back at that time in my life What you would have done to help me out because clearly I've moved beyond some of my own challenges around public speaking, but for many people, they are still in the throes of it. So if I explain for you um, a little bit about at that time of my life, it was probably the third year of my uh, degree in chemistry. And we did this project um, in the lab. And at the end of that, you had to present your project to two eminent professors. And they would sort of ask you questions about what you had done. And that was 10% of your mark. And I walked in the room with all my note cards and the presentation and I got all set up. And then they're kind of laughing and joking and they look around at me and then they said, cut everything down and just talk to us about what you did. And I just went, oh, <gasps> oh no the adrenaline kind of was draining through me and I was already nervous about it and I could just tell that all I wanted to do was run away as fast as possible so I gave one word answers to get out of that room and in my head I'm doing and this is worth 10% of my mark and this means this and this means this and I basically was just crying running out of the room but that one incident then led to this seed of kind of worry about all the other ones that came after that. So every time, once a year as a PhD student, you would have to present your work. And if I wasn't first like to present it, I'd be, I would see that date in the calendar, like a big X marks a spot on the lead up and I would panic about it to the point of not being able to sleep for the couple of days before. And then I would get in there and I'd be, my heart would be pounding, sweating, and actually my face would do this funny thing where I felt like I was gonna cry. And then this weird thing happened about two two to 10 minutes in where I got into the flow. And actually at the end, I was like, ah, oh, I'm actually quite good at this. I actually quite enjoy this. But the exhaustion of getting to that point um, was just huge. And I got to the point where I would actively avoid any public speaking opportunity, or even speaking up in meetings for a decade of my career. I feel like it really negatively shaped the whole of my academic career. Um, And that was the place where I was at when it comes to public speaking. So what what do we do about that, Andrea? People like me.
1: Yeah, so I, as you were sharing your journey, I, I took some notes and I can share some random ideas that comes to mind based on what you based on what you said and and then uh, hanna feel free to lead the conversation feel free to interrupt anytime because i've got maybe two or three thoughts that i can share but i don't want to talk too much so we can we can have some some breaks in between first I of all you said that you got there at the very beginning in the first uh, occasion and then the you you had maybe you said you had some slides or you had prepared something and then they said just put everything down, tell us what it is that you want to, to communicate. And sometimes you made me think about the idea of being so prepared that whatever happens, and that could be either a, a techno- technological failure, maybe you think that you've got some slides and, and that's the way you're going to, to present your information, but you go there and the projector fails. Or maybe you've got some slides and they don't show up. Or maybe you've got a video that you want to show and it doesn't work. Or maybe simply like in your case, some, or maybe t- somebody tells you, look, we know we gave you 30 minutes for this presentation. Sorry, we have no time. Tell us whatever it is that you want to communicate in five minutes. So there are things that happen and great presenters prepare they prepare well, they prepare properly. And if you do that, if you do that kind of preparation, then in most cases, whatever happens, anyway, you will find a way to go ahead and give a great presentation. So that's one thing, it's the importance of preparation. Connecting to that, nerves, anxiety around public speaking, you, you mentioned that as well. First of all, Hannah, I can say that you are not alone in in that experience, Mark Twain said that there are only two types of speakers: those who get nervous and those who are liars. And, and I agree with wow. him one hundred percent. I'm a presentation coach. I get nervous all the time before presenting. So this is presenting is not a natural thing to do. So it's totally normal. Of course, there are things that we can do to address, not to overcome entirely because the nerves will always be with us, but we can address them and channel the nerves in a positive way. And the most important thing is this. If you think about great speakers, now, now, Hannah, if you think about maybe one of the best speakers you have in mind, often we look at great speakers and we think, wow, it's so simple for them it comes so natural to them they must have a natural talent they're not nervous at all but that's not the case great speakers work hard to make it look simple they work hard to make it look natural but it's not and the most important thing any great presenter does is they rehearse So we go back to the preparation element that I mentioned earlier. And when I say rehearse, and this is something that most people don't do, rehearsing means repeating your presentations out loud, not in your head, out loud from the very beginning to the very end without stopping, as if you have your professors in front of you, as if you have a real audience in front of you. And another thing that great presenters do is they rehearse in the real world, which means in an environment, physical environment, if possible, sometimes it's not, but at least mental environment, which is as close as possible to the real environment, the real situation that you will face. And if we do that, that's the most important thing for us to be able to channel those nerves effectively. There are a few other Practical things like breathing and drinking water, movement, we can talk about it. But the best way to overcome anxiety around public speaking is to know what we are talking about. And the best way to really know what we are talking about is to get to a point where we have internalized our content. I I never ask anybody to memorize, but we need to internalize our content. We need to own it. We need to know exactly what to say and when. And that's the most important thing. I can talk about a couple of other things, but I'll, I'll stop now just mm-hmm. in case you want to mention something.
0: Oh, for sure. I think you have analyzed me perfectly. <laughs> so when you were talking about the preparation piece, if I think back to then, although I was prepared, I didn't deeply understand really what on earth I was doing at that time. So I'd done a project and I kind of done some experiments, but I didn't have the full, I would say depth of understanding to be able to uh, do this without a, you know, all the prompts and all the aids, because fundamentally I didn't have like enough depth of knowledge there. Whereas if you asked me to talk now about imposter syndrome or the psychology of selves or all this other stuff, like you said, I would be able to just go, Oh yeah, I, I can talk about this, 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 and this. I can do it in this time frame or this time frame, and it just wouldn't be a problem. So, I suspect back at that time, I didn't fully have the depth of knowledge that I needed for that particular piece. Absolutely, and,
1: and Hannah, and yeah. this tells us, if you think about it, this shows that because you use a word that I I can relate to very much, which is confidence if you want to become and this is for anybody for those who want to become more confident presenters speakers 80% of the work is boils down to your message your content being very familiar with this a lot of people every time we need to improve our presentation skills so many people immediately start thinking about are delivery skills so these are things like eye contact body language gestures now these are important elements to consider but it's not the most important thing without a story when i say a story it doesn't have to be a once upon a time type of story it's a message content which for our listeners it could be technical scientific that's totally fine but without a message which is simple and clear for the audience Without a message which is relevant to our audience, then it's very, very hard to get up on a stage and it could be face to face, it could be online with the level of confidence that we need in that particular situation.
0: Absolutely. And I think having come from a scientific background, we're very much into the methodology, I would say, of even if it's science, whether it's not science anymore, but the the kind of the how, like, this is, this is how we've been doing this thing, or this is what we've been doing and how. And often as scientists, we can forget the big picture sometimes in outlining right from the get-go, why it's significant, how it fits, what it's all about. I think that can sometimes get lost. Um, that isn't for me because I'm very much a why person. I have to know why it's important for me to even listen to the rest of it. But I do know from having sat in Hundreds of meetings with scientists that it tends to be slides about what they've done and the methodology and the results. And, and so, it's and, both, yeah.
1: And on that point, you make me think of a fantastic book that I read by a scientist, Dr. John Medina. I also interviewed him a few months ago for the Ideas on Stage podcast. And Dr. John Medina wrote an amazing book, Brain Rules, and it tells us what science tells us about how our brain works in many different contexts and areas of our life, including communication. Not only communication, but that was my main interest. And he says that from a communication perspective, what we need to do, including, and especially scientists and, and for technical presentations, Big picture before detail. That's yeah. how our communication should work. So first we need to give the big picture. You talk about the why. And then, so both are important, but f- this is the order. First, the big picture. And then once this is clear for the audience, then we can go into detail. Whereas I agree with you often, either we do the other way around or we just start with the details and we finish with the details.
0: Yes. And if I think back to my... Trauma incident, <laughs> if that's what we're gonna call it. Um, I didn't have the why because I actually fundamentally didn't understand it. So that kind of all points towards why it all unraveled for me in that particular moment. Um, but since then, I because of the work that I do with coaching and training and now speaking myself, that wouldn't have been possible really for me had I not learned how to overcome this stuff not overcome it but like you say work with it and then over time the more times you repeat it the easier it becomes over time um and since then I've done speaker training and things like that and I've learned my satire categories and I know how to do the things the things and the leveler and the blamer and the computer and all the stuff and they are beautiful additional extras And they do make an impact, but nothing makes more of an impact than being able to show up, know your stuff, and actually be able to just fundamentally speak in the first place. So I know that you have a methodology yourself around confident presenting. And in fact, I also know that you're in the process of writing a book because I've seen the draft of it. So can you tell us a little bit about your particular methodology
1: around this topic yes and yeah thank you for mentioning it unless things change yes i'm i'm in the process of writing a book which will be called confident presenter and yes at ideas on stage we've developed a methodology that we call presentation score because you want to We think that you need to score when you give a presentation, like in football, for example. Now, score stands for five principles. Simple, clear, original, related to the audience, relevant to the audience, and enjoyable. Score, simple, clear, original, related, and enjoyable. Just very top level, and then we can go into a little bit more detail just in case there is an interest. Otherwise, just big picture first (laughs) before detail. Now, big picture. Simple, Because the more you say during the presentation, the less the audience will remember. So we need to keep it short, simple, and to the point. Clear, because your key messages should be obvious to everybody, including you as the presenter. And I can tell you, Hannah, often that's not the case. Original, because you want your presentation to stand out, to be a bit different, so that they will pay more attention and remember it for longer. Related, and this is a key concept, because when we give a presentation, it's not our presentation. It's always the audience's presentation. And so we need to make sure that what we say is useful and relevant to them, to the audience, not just to us as the presenters. And then enjoyable, well, of course, even if it's a scientific presentation, even if it's technical for engineers, that's fine. But if your audience enjoys your talk, your presentation, again, they'll pay more attention, they'll remember more, and maybe they'll do what you want them to do, if that's your objective, if you want them to take action. So, yeah, when we work with our clients, we try and make sure that they can score with their presentation. Simple, clear, original, related and enjoyable.
0: Brilliant. That's super clear. I like the analogy. Um, Yes. So I do have some questions around that, if that's okay. In that piece, are you implying then from the methodology that by getting those pieces in place, that that's going to then improve the nerves and the confidence someone will feel about their presenting? How does that piece work into the methodology?
1: Yes, because What what happens is that we need to make sure that when you prepare a presentation, you need to make sure that your presentation meets these five principles from any perspective, from a message perspective, also from a visual perspective. Sometimes it's not relevant, sometimes it, it is. But for example, you said at the beginning, Hannah, that you were about to give this presentation And you had some, if I remember well, you had some slides prepared. And this is even more relevant for technical scientific presentations. I often see the typical death by PowerPoint with lots of text and bullet points. People can't read and listen at the same time. So from a visual perspective, that's also another area to consider. And then the same principles need to apply from a delivery perspective as well. So the message is what you say during a presentation. That's the content. Super important. Delivery is how you say it. So again, things like the way you use your voice. Voice is a very powerful communication tool. Eye contact, body language, hand gestures. And then visuals, this is what you show when you say it. And and it's a bit like, think about movies, Hannah, or when you watch a movie. A movie has the screenplay and and that's the message side of things. That's the content. A movie has actors, the acting, and that's the delivery side of things. And it also has special effects. And if one of these three key elements is missing, you will not enjoy your movie. The same is true in a presentation. If any of these three key elements, message, visuals, and delivery is missing, then we will not be able to achieve our objective. And so when you apply these five score principles to the delivery side of things and the message side of things and the visual side of things together, they will help you become a more confident presenter, which is very much connected to the idea of, going back to your question, channeling your nerves in a positive way. So so you see, and then I'll stop here, Hannah, but here is the thing. When you think about nerves and anxiety, now the opposite of that is confidence. But confidence doesn't come from wishful thinking or blind self-belief. Confidence comes from, you said it before, the more you do it, the more confident you are. So it comes from familiarity. It comes from the process you follow which is another mistake I often see. Most people just open up PowerPoint and put together some slides. There is no, they don't follow a certain, a defined process. It comes but from the Andrea, actions. it you sounds took. like
0: you've been watching me through the window. <laughs> Although it's not PowerPoint these days, it is Canva, but okay, yes. yeah. Canva,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, the presentation tool doesn't make any, I love Canva, but the presentation tools doesn't make any difference. What, what matters is, the principles, the fundamental principles of communication, storytelling, which go back thousands of years ago, they have nothing to do with it at all, nothing to do with technology.
0: I think you've made me rethink probably how I should prepare my own presentations in the future. Oh no, I I do take the time to think about the big why and what what I hope the message will be and the stories I will include and things like that. But sometimes I think it's become quite ingrained. Now I'll just start, I'll have like an idea and I'll start, but it is always good to take that step back and almost get the, I don't know, the post-it notes and like storyboard, everything that's gonna happen in that presentation. But I wanted to pick up on that anxiety a little bit more. Um, I heard someone say once, the difference between anxiety and excitement is they're almost the same emotion, feeling when it's in the body, is actually breath. So anxiety is that feeling, but then we're not breathing at the same time. It's like that shallow, can't breathe, but I'm talking feeling, and everything's kind of stopped in the body. And that excitement is almost like the same feeling inside, but I'm breathing with it as well. H- how would you, would that be an accurate description for
1: you? I love it i love it and it makes me think about two things in particular one very directly related to that the importance of breathing both during the presentation the are ways to train yourself to pose by the way posing is super powerful in communication dale carnegie said the silence is one of the most eloquent things in the world which means it looks like a contradiction because you have silence and eloquence which is all about speaking but now silence is very powerful in communication which means that we can say a lot without saying anything so rather than rushing it speaking too fast then if we train ourselves to pose from time to time and breathe instead then it's very effective for the audience because they have the time to absorb what we're saying. It's extremely useful for us if we go back to these... Distinction between anxiety and excitement. So that's one thing. And also, breathing even before, just a few minutes before the presentation, is a very practical tip that I give everybody. Before any presentation, I have my own, it's just a one minute warm up routine, if you want, which also includes breathing. Very simple, just a few seconds. What I do, for example, I breathe in through the nose for, and I count to four. And then I breathe out through the mouth and I count to six. And it's important that when you breathe out, you make it longer than when you breathe in, because that's how you relax. So these are a couple of things you made me think about, but absolutely. And I love the, your explanation. Breathing is super, super powerful in communication.
0: Mm, so you're talking about the like box breathing method there, except the elongation of the out breath. And I think as a scientist, I'm going because that's going to access your parasympathetic nervous system and cause everything to kind of um, like calm down a little bit. And I would say the three things that I normally say to my clients before a presentation, um, and you can tell me whether or not these are right or wrong, good or bad. um, There is no right, wrong, good, bad. But these are the kind of things that I think can often help with that anxiety, turning it into excitement is First of all, expanded awareness. So you talk about it like the breath, but if you focus on a spot on the wall and then gently bring out your awareness to the side, you can call it like around glasses and then be able to look forwards at the audience, that can often induce that state of parasympathetic calm to the nervous system. For me, there's also the thoughts will come in as well, like that person's looking at me, they look like they're bored already or... You know, um, there's someone senior in there and what are they going to think? Like all these thoughts will start. So there's this really great technique of putting thoughts on a spot on the wall as well, like saying, okay, that thought goes there and another thought and I'll put it on that spot and another one to remind myself that I'm separate from my thoughts. Like it's just a thought and the thought's gone. It's over there. And then the final thing that um I've been taught how to do is to induce the state within which you want to be in. So if you want to be in like a I don't know an inspiring and a motivating mode to play a piece of music like a classical piece that will have me like almost direct my whole life um if I want to be in a kind of playful mood I might play something um like more playful in terms of the music like akuna matata <laughs> I don't know but those are kind of my three go-to things in order to be ready for presenting what do you think about that?
1: No, I, I love it, especially the the last one, the the music, uh, it, it, I, I do that as well. but what what I would say is that it doesn't it doesn't really it does matter, but I can also say it doesn't really matter what we do before representation as long as it works for you, Hannah, for me, maybe what works for you doesn't work for me and vice versa. But it is fundamental that everybody has their own, I call it warm-up, or any great presenter has some kind of routine before at least big presentations. So you want to have your own routine. It doesn't have to take long, it could be one minute. For me, it's a combination of breathing and voice exercises. Again, we said it, voice is a very powerful communication tool. Today, when it comes to what we are doing now online, presenting or, or speaking perhaps voice is the most important tool that we have so breathing movement uh, voice exercises there are many people can find your youtube also many rituals or warm up exercises and again what works for me doesn't necessarily work for everybody but it's very important that we get to that to the stage where we need to give that presentation in the right frame of mind one another very practical thing I always recommend is I said before that we don't have to memorize our presentations. unless, Again, unless you are a memorizer, because we've got memorizers and improvisers, that's why I see, and it's a spectrum. So it's not that you are either 100% a memorizer or 100% an improviser, maybe you are somewhere in between. But regardless of whether whether you are a memorizer or an improviser, you have to memorize your introduction. So you said, Hannah, you get there and you start, you start having thoughts and you think about, okay, that person maybe is not interested or that person, she doesn't like me. But then it doesn't matter. First of all, if you've done your preparation, which is 98% of, of, of the job, then that's, that's already massive, massively helpful. But then if you memorize your introduc- introduction, you will be able to, regardless of the thoughts that you have, anyway, you will be able to to get started and as you said at the very beginning, often not always, but often what happens is we feel nervous at the start of a presentation, but then, as soon as we start after a few seconds or a few minutes, normally things start to get a little bit better if we've done the preparation.
0: Yes, I like that idea, and um. Yeah, that it doesn't have to be the same for everybody. That everyone just needs their own methodology. And you've talked a lot. I've got two questions for you before you finish, if that's okay. Um, I know you talk a lot about voice, and I know that um, as in the work you're doing, that you'll probably do a full-on voice warm up or teach people how to do this as well. And it's something that I got taught how to do. And part of that voice warm up that I got taught how to do was around tongue twisters to improve articulation at the end of um, like a voice warm-up so I've got a challenge for you
1: (laughs) okay let's let's when it comes to tongue twisters you also need to consider that uh, this is obvious of course English is not my first language so Ah. let's try but but let's try let's try
0: (laughs) okay I'll give you um do you know Peter Piper or not just let's
1: do it go for it let's see what happens
0: if not i'll pick an easier one okay. um okay so this is one from my childhood would be
1: and, and then and then hannah i'll give you the... oh no no you don't do it back at me <laughs> yeah, yeah no 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 I, no no. that's not what i meant but i'll tell you what i do which is very much connected to these before okay. my presentations
0: all right then um i've got two for you to choose from you can either do i i've got to try and do it myself now without laughing that's really hard. She sells seashells on the seashore. She sells seashells, that's for sure. She sells seashells on the seashore. She sells seashells, that's for sure. <laughs> so, then that one. so this is she, she sells what? She, she sells she, seashells
1: on the seashore. She sells seashells she, she sell, she on the hard, seashore. Isn't it? Wow.
0: <laughs> for, for
1: me, it's double hard. <laughs> okay,
0: let me do a simple one then, because I was going to make you do. Peter Piper picked a pocket full of pickle peppers, a pocket full of pickle peppers, Peter Piper picked a Peter Piper picked a pocket full of pickle peppers and where the pocket full of pickle peppers, Peter Piper picked. But I will make you do red lorry yellow lorry. Red lorry yellow lorry. It's so simple, Andrea.
1: Red lorry yellow lorry. (laughs) Is is it it red lorry yellow lorry?
0: Yeah, that's all it is. Red, red,
1: red lorry, yellow lorry red lorry yellow lorry (laughs) the the yellow lorry is sometimes it's a bit tricky yeah
0: it's very tricky you know tell tell me why that's important then
1: that well it's it's a way for us to warm up our voice and and the and for example i want to make it practical what i do is something i've learned from i don't know if you know lee warren in the uk great speaker and he's also a presentation coach and he has a great book the book is called the busy person's guide to great presenting and yeah and he talks about his own routine and i borrowed the vocal side of things from lee and then i added my own stuff from a breathing perspective and here is what he suggests. So first of all, you want to you want to make this kind of sound like something like, hmm, hmm. It's a bit like, for example, if you think about kids, it, when they have a piece of chocolate or some crisps, something they like, they do, hmm, this is nice, this is good, hmm. And you want to do it three or four times. Hmm, hmm. And then after that, you want to say a sentence which is kind of similar to to the tongue twisters you suggested and his sentence is when you write copy you have the right to copyright the copy you write
0: yes so like a little rhyme
1: yeah when you write copy you have the right to copyright the copy you write and and then you want to actually sorry before that so before that sentence he suggests another sentence which could be any sentence that includes lots of M's, the letter M or N. Again, it's a nice way to warm up your voice, the muscles here, and you want to exaggerate it. His sentence is, remember the money, especially like for sales presentations. And you want to exaggerate it. It's not remember the money, it's remember the money. Again, if you exaggerate it, then it helps a lot to to warm up your your mouth, your voice. Then after this, you have a sentence a sentence which requires more concentration, like, for example, one of your suggestions or when you write copy, you have the right to copyright the copy you write. And then after that, you repeat the first sentence, the first line of your presentation, and you're good to go.
0: I love it. I love it. That's a really great suggestion. Um, and those bringing in the mm is also part of the breathing exercises as well. So it kind of kills two birds with one stone. Um, I love it sorry about that challenge Andrea
1: (laughs) no no no. what's one
0: my last question for you today then is one that I ask most people who come on the show and that is to go back to a moment in your life and it can be anywhere on the timeline and if you could go back to a particular moment what would that moment be and what piece of advice would you like to whisper in your ear at that time
1: Wow. Okay. Uh, so I'll, I'll go with the first thing that comes to mind as I was listening to, to your question, which is, and this is business related, but also public speaking related. At the very beginning of my journey, my business entrepreneur journey, I started running events. I still run lots of events. Now they go well. At the very beginning, there were many occasions where perhaps there was another failure. I didn't mention it, but uh, there were many occasions where I would hire a room in central London to run an introductory workshop. And the objective was to generate interest in, in what we do in the business. And I would go there. I had everything, workbooks, the chairs, the setup was amazing. And then it happened more than once that I I was the speaker, but I was also the only attendee. Oh, no. Yeah, nobody showed up. A few times. That happened a few times. And now the piece of advice there is, and this is likely what I did. So I did give myself that piece of advice is to just and you mentioned it also it's something that you said in this conversation our ability to in the end let's just show up to to show up again and and do it again and then you do it again and maybe nothing comes nobody comes and then you show up again and then you show up again you show up again and and I think again, I don't want to give advice to, to, to anybody, but I think the idea and the ability, the percent, the persistence to just show up again and again and again, whether this is for public speaking or for business or for career progression, if we want to increase our reputation and credibility, then if we consistently make a decision to show up again and again and again, then eventually in the long run things improve whatever that means for 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 any of us
0: beautiful piece of advice and one that I fully recommend when it comes to any area of your life you're just making me think about sports and often I'll say to people well you block it in the calendar you show up hopefully you'll show up in whatever kit you're supposed to show up in and the result is that you're probably going to do it so The more we can show up in our lives, the more likely we are to get the result that we're looking for. I really like that. Thank you. And thank you for being fun with me today and for sharing all of your wisdom. If people have, you know, um, heard what you've been talking about today, are interested in that methodology, is there a way in which they can find out more, please? Uh,
1: Sure. A couple of things. If they want to connect with me, the main place is linkedin that's where i hang out andrea pacini they can find me there and then we have a an online tool it's a free tool we call it the confident presenter scorecard people can google it or the the link is ideasonstage.com forward slash score like the method when you score score a goal in football And it's a scorecard. It's like an online quiz that people can take to very quickly assess their current presentation skills. They just need to answer a few questions. Yes and no, very simple. It takes less than three minutes. It's free. They'll get a score, what their score means for them. And it also identifies opportunities for improvement. And when when you take a scorecard, you also get a free copy of... a a book written by a colleague of mine, Phil Wakenell, Business Presentation Revolution. Of course, I'm biased, but I do think that it's a fantastic book.
0: Wow, thank you. That's really um, kind of you. And I'll make sure that all of the links and ways to connect with you are in the show notes as well.
1: Thank you very much, Anna. I, I really enjoyed this conversation. Perfect.
0: Thank you for listening to Women in STEM Career and Confidence. To get further support in your journey, Join me in Breakthrough Unleashed on Facebook.